1: Good evening, Peter. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Now that we have solved our technical difficulties, I am doing much better.
0: I know. Isn't technology yeah. awesome?
1: Man, i tell you what. Skype just really... it, it uh, frosts my cookies. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like it's, it asks you to upgrade and then it can't fix its own bug problems. And Is isn't Skype owned by Microsoft? Do you think they could yeah. figure them... You know, Why can't they figure their own software out? Like, seriously.
0: Sometimes it's scary. (laughs) It
1: is. It is. (laughs) But that's all right. Solutions have been found, and we're all good. So I'd like to start off uh, by asking you about marathons. So you have run a couple of them. Why? Why? I guess that's the best question asked. (laughs) What what got you into running for long distances?
0: Um, Yeah, so I started running... In high school, and um, I would just kind of casually do it. I was on the track team, and I never really tried as hard as I could have. I never really applied myself, and then I just quit. Um, (laughs) And then uh, years later, I I was involved with uh, the Tug McGraw Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, which raises money for brain tumor research. And they started a a team, um, and they started doing uh, races for – having teams for different races to raise money and there was a, a woman at the time who was suffering with, from a brain tumor and she convinced me that i could run a marathon and i said that's crazy i've never ran more than three miles but yeah um, yeah that's pretty much how i went from running casually two or three miles to uh to, to, to getting a couple of marathons in oh wow and which which marathons did you run in um I ran in Chicago in two thousand ten and then um I ran in Boston in two thousand and fifteen but I am in no way a a fast runner. I just have that crazy endurance mind where um where I just have to i have to run i have to push it yeah so that's
1: that's awesome though' with Chicago marathon and boston marathon that's that's awesome so did you qualify officially for Boston Marathon or was there another way that you, or uh, you no be part no of a
0: um, at the time my wife was working at mass general. So I did another charity team. Um, because yeah, like I said, I, I am not in any way near close to being able to qualify, but, but I thought living in Boston and just, I love Boston. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do another one, it's going to have to be Boston and it's going to have to be through a charity team. Cause there's no way I'm going to ever be that fast. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome experience, but, um, I don't know if I'll ever run another one again, but I probably will because I just have that that crazy uh, you know, that crazy mind to to need to to go extreme.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds great. If if uh so I I'm not particularly a a runner. Um but if I were to do one, I totally would do Boston just because I've been by the Boston Marathon for the last couple of years and it's just an awesome experience.
0: Oh yeah, it's a party. Like yeah. you, we yeah. had a ton of support the whole way. So uh, that keeps you going when you're going up Heartbreak Hill, because <laughs> <laughs> that's when you realize, oh, what did I do? Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on this course, and I, I'm gonna have to finish if I want to ever go home, type of thing. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so, um, so let's transition a little bit and start from the beginning. So, what, what made you want to go to school? Uh, for finance and accounting, is that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, is an, another, uh, uh, crazy story. So this all went back to high school as well. So, um, the same guidance counselor who told me that I was going to join the track team also, um, I, when my schedule came out, I had chemistry too, and I had physics, and I hate science. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't, please, uh, I can't do two science classes. And he said, well, the only other class available is accounting, but that's for kids that don't go to college. <laughs> that's an honest story. And I was like, wow. um, okay. Well, listen, I'm going to, I'm a good student. I'm going to sit in the back and I'm going to keep my mouth shut, but I, I can't, I can't take physics. So, uh, long story short, I, 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 believe it or not, I, it sounds ridiculous, but I fell in love with accounting. I switched, I was going to be a history, um, a history high school teacher. And I switched my major to accounting after taking that class. And um, I always just, it always just clicked. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's how I ended up uh, in the accounting world.
1: Oh, that's cool. So what, what did you do then after you first graduated from college? Like what were your first couple of?
0: Of yeah. Um, so I worked at a small firm in Rhode Island, and I did auditing and tax, and I hated auditing. But um, <clears throat> it was a small enough uh firm where I just they just said, "Listen, you're you're going to have to do both." Um, but that was good because it it um, showed me. So right out of school, I kind of it was a shell shocking experience of you know wow. enjoying college and then the everyday life of going into an accounting firm and having to do that whole thing mm-hmm. I I got I got the opportunity to realize that I didn't want to do um auditing at all so that's when I moved to Boston um to get my masters in tax and then I um I worked at different firms up there and um just kind of just became a a tax expert
1: Okay sure so when was it that you decided to branch out on your own and start your own firm
0: I knew I always wanted to um I started doing it at night in 2012 and uh 12 and then um 2 years ago I completely stopped consulting. I knew I couldn't uh work for anyone at all anymore. So um I was like I'm you know I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to own my own business. I said the only way I'm going to grow and become successful is if I just jump off the cliff and, and take a chance.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. So while you were so while you're making that decision to, to jump off the cliff, uh, were there were there books that you were reading or mentors you had that made that transition a little more smooth, or you just go for it?
0: Uh, no, no, I mean I'm a accountant deep down inside, so I always had the budgets and the spreadsheets, and I was like I can't give up the salary, but I would always read books like. Um, um, like traction is a good book that I, I, um, I like to read. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it's just kind of like one of those things that it was just like, I, it got to the point where I knew it was time. And it was like, you know, you're just, um, and the funny thing is, is I, I was working at the time for a guy who was in his seventies, a traditional accountant who is never going to retire, but says he always will type of thing. And I, I said, I can't, I, I can't, keep going on like this i need to do i knew i wanted to build a business a different way and the only way i was going to do it was to um you know to take the plunge and actually do that so yeah. <laughs> i would say the mentor the the biggest mentor i ever had was the guy who who kind of um not lied to me but the kind of guy who couldn't who couldn't ever retire i looked mm-hmm. at, at him and was like you know what i I don't want to be like this, so if I don't do something about it now, then um, nothing's ever going to change.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so you branch out and started doing your own your own work. What made you want to start working with, I would say, creative clients?
0: Um, yeah, so that, that gentleman that I just spoke about, actually, he had a relationship with a bookkeeper who had just – so happened to refer him to a lot of interior designers and then he had other design, um, design clients. Um, so when I was working there, um, I just kind of gained more experience and I, I found that they needed help throughout the year versus just like other clients that needed like just their tax return done, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, and so when I went out on my own, a lot of those types of clients stayed with me and then I was just I had been doing it for uh, you know I had been in the the industry for like 13 years at that point and I said I'm just bored with just another tax return I need a niche I need I need a, um, I need I need something to be able to uh, get more excited so I actually um, I actually had a different mentor who's who said look at your list of clients. Don't worry about what they do. Just write the ones that you get along with the most and who you think require, you know, like appreciate the most value that you can give them. And so I made a list of ten clients, and seven were um, in the design field. And I said, "Well, there it is. It's it's right there on the piece of paper." So (laughs) I just went for it, and um, and uh, here we are today. So
1: yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. Well, so so in. In the years you've been working with, you know, designers and creatives, what are some of the most common mistakes
0: you see them
1: make either in their taxes or I'm not sure, do you also work with their finances as well or just taxes?
0: No, no, um, we do it all. So we help with accounting taxes and even like part-time CFO and, and, and even like sometimes like mentoring, business coaching type of thing, just like with the financial decisions. Okay. Uh, I would say the biggest mistake I would I would I see usually is um a creative person who wants to start a business but feels like they're too small so they don't invest in an expert and they just kind of make decisions on their own because they're worried about um about the cost of mm-hmm. of working with someone like that. Um fortunately those decisions that are made if they do make those decisions they can be changed. But, um, I would say the biggest thing is I see is just, um, more, um, creative clients have that, you know, creative side of the brain that they're strong at. And they, they, they don't really, a lot of them don't really like finances, but instead of getting the help they need, they're either too afraid to ask because they're, they might feel stupid, uh, asking it or, um, or they they feel like they can do it themselves for a little while without getting help so
1: Mm -hmm. oh sure so as i was on your site and i noticed that you have a book that you wrote what what made you want to write this book uh five easy ways to grow your design business
0: yeah so when i had so in all the experiences that i had of people uh client different clients um and what they go through from you know, starting out, maybe working at night and having a different job to working on their own, but being alone to, um, building a team, Mm -hmm. um, the struggles that they went through, uh, I said, you know what, like, let's, let's, let's get a a ebook out there where people can read it. And, um, and I think, that the topics that are included are something that all business owners have to deal with, sure. and we just figured let's let's get it out there so that people can read it and get some pointers. Hopefully, before they've made some big decisions, so that in the, in the future, as they're growing, they have more uh, information that that they can use.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was looking on this, and you know, it's it's all it's a fantastic advice on taking control of your day and learning how to pay yourself first. Um, so let's just like on the I guess on the on the workday part like you know since you're you're an accountant and and look at things more I guess through numbers, how do you structure your own day and how do you encourage your clients to structure their day?
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna I am not gonna t- tell you that I am a perfect business owner <laughs> that structures my day perfectly. Yeah. But what I try to do and what I try to encourage my clients to do is. Um, block off uh, time, uh, whether it's a couple of hours, a half a day, a full day in a week to focus on growing your business versus administrative tax tasks versus, you know, the finances and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And even though sometimes, you know, you've got fire drills that you have to deal with, at least for me anyway, if Tuesdays are strategy days every, so for me, Tuesday mornings, I try to do strategy time where I'm just focusing on how to grow my business. I think about marketing and that kind of stuff. Even if I'm supposed to do it for four hours, it ends up being two hours. At least I can say that, um, I get into work on Tuesday. I look at my calendar. Or I wake up and I look at my calendar and I know that Tuesday mornings, I'm going to try to spend as much time on that as possible. And then you get into a habit of doing that, and then hopefully it comes easy it's It's a consistent thing, and you're you're hitting all those touch points that you need to do as a business owner to keep a successful business going
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, so also on your on your list, it says uh, insider secrets that save designers thousands of dollars in payments to uncle sam um, so i don't mm-hmm. you know i want them I want our listeners to download the book, but what are Just a couple or a one quick thing off top of your head that, um, is something that designers can use to save money in their, on their taxes.
0: Yeah. So the best thing is, is the, um, the type of business entity that you pick. So most designers, business owners, creatives will, um, start out as a sole proprietor, which is, which is fine. Um, but, I always say that there's a certain point when you're growing that it's it's better to incorporate. And it's different for everyone in, in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. But there are ways not to I'm not gonna get too complicated and then everyone becomes it becomes a bore fest if I start talking about tax law. Sure. But um <laughs> there are different ways to switch that and to and even if you are like thinking to yourself, oh, did I pick the right entity? Because mm-hmm. uh, I just set it up by myself. It can be changed at any time, even during the year or any year throughout the life of a, a business. So um, there are ways to change that entity, and and it can save you thousands of dollars. For example, if you get if you get big enough, um, it might be time to incorporate versus being a sole proprietor. And we there's ways that I help my clients take a reasonable salary and they save on the self-employment tax. So um, that's the biggest thing is what kind of entity do you choose? Especially in 2018 with the new tax bill that's out, mm-hmm. there's some substantial tax savings for for a lot of different clients. Um, so I always say whether it's someone who's an expert in the design industry or someone who you trust and you feel like you are comfortable with them, um, it's important that – that your uh, accountant is giving you the advice, so that you are the, you know, the most beneficial uh, business entity out there.
1: Sure. In your own career, what has been the best investment you've ever made?
0: Uh, the best investment I ever made was when I finally um, got over the whole budget thing and knew that I needed to hire a part-time person year-round.
1: Oh, okay. You mean that for your, for your company?
0: Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because as an accountant, I would say, Oh, I can't, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. And then I got, I got, you just get inundated with the, um, the day to day, you know, technical work of getting a tax return done. And I said, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I'm not going to have the time to be able to do all the things as a, as a business owner I need if I spend all day and night doing technical work. Mm -hmm. Um, in my industry, I, you know, tax season is one of those things where we spend, uh, you know, we spend seven days a week at work and, uh, and there's not a lot of time to do all those other things. And then it gets quiet, so I have seasonal help, but, um, I just actually this year said, you know what, I need to hire someone part-time the entire year. Um, and even if, you know, I, I'm not going to worry about a budget. I'm just, you know, I'm going to do it so I can spend more time growing my business. And it's actually, you know, I was so worried about it. And she has she's worked out great and she's been busy. And as it turns out, I'm, you know, she's probably could work more than she she is. So um, it's just taking the plunge. And um, when you know something's right, following your gut and just taking a risk.
1: Yeah, Well, oh, that's great. So I've been so I've been on your site which is the Designer CPA. When so was this when you first launched your own business was it always called the Designer CPA or is this something that you have recently branded?
0: Um I recently branded it in the last like 18 months. Okay. Um so I just started when I started my own business um I was just, you know, Peter Lang CPA and I I took clients from from anywhere any industry or anything. Um but in the last uh, I would say year or two uh, I'm sorry, eighteen months to two years, I uh uh we redid the website and um and I said, you know, I'm going this is this is more exciting. We're gonna cater to um we're gonna do a niche and we're gonna um just cater towards the uh the d- design industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, which I think is awesome. So um so as somebody who who actually in my actual design days didn't have a, a CPA um, and try to do it all myself. And then eventually got audited uh, cause it was a bad idea. Um, so what are, <laughs> when, <laughs> when someone creative is listening to this podcast and they're like, yeah, I don't really want to do a, I don't want to hire a, a CPA because I feel like that's too expensive. Like, what would you say to somebody like that on, on why it is more beneficial to have a professional on your side than to try to do it yourself? Uh.
0: Tax if we're only talking about filing a tax return, yeah. it it is only gonna get more and more complicated. I know that the media is saying that it's getting uh, you know, it's a postcard tax return and everything's getting simpler. That's simply untrue. Yeah. So if you're gonna invest in having any sort of teammate expert on your side, it is the cost of getting audited and dealing with IRS notices on your own is far greater than hiring a cpa now if you're going to do it you need to find someone that you're comfortable with that you can trust that you can that's going to give you you know what you need to to grow your business but um i would recommend if you're if you're going to invest some money in in having some sort of expert person who's a teammate on your side an advisor Mm -hmm. you cannot go wrong with a, a cpa
1: oh that's awesome and does do you only work with cuz i know you're in Rhode Island do you only work with designers who are who are local to you or
0: do you work with with people across the country nope. yeah no we um we work with clients all over the country so we um we use cloud based accounting um based on and there's some clients that, that don't do that, but there's ways to do it. But everything that we try to do, we're a 100% virtual firm. Um, and we, uh, we use zoom and Skype and, uh, we have, uh, we have design clients all over the country. You know, as my clients, um, move throughout the country, it's, it's no problem at all. Um, technology is pretty great that way that, um, you know, you can, I can get a, uh, an email from a firm in in missouri i can get an email from someone in los angeles new york and um, we're able to use technology and it's like they're in rhode island it's it's great so i've been it's been pretty great to be able to meet people from all over the country and be able to work with people from all over the country
1: yeah definitely so i know so finance is always um, a delicate subject for people especially in the creative field Uh, it's mostly because we have uh, most of us have never been any taught any kind of financial literacy in school and all kinds of stuff. How do you help your clients if they come to you and they're like, listen, I, I don't know anything about my finances or taxes at help. Like, where do you, where do they, where should they start and how do you help them overcome that fear of, of
0: finances? That happens every day. And the first thing that I do is just kind of have a conversation with them so that they can realize that I'm a nice person. And the reason why I say that is because nine times out of ten, they'll say, oh, the last account I used would always yell at me. They had no patience. I felt like I asked dumb questions, so I they would yell at me, and then I would just stop asking questions. And um, we build trust. So that they know that they can ask the quote unquote dumb question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we work with people based on what they need as far as a, a plan. So I have some clients that, um, I, I meet with on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis. And we try to, we try to keep it at a minimum on a quarterly basis. And we try to, uh, it's just different for every, from, for any client, for every client. But um we we try to just explain it in a way that will help that particular client understand. So obviously, that takes time to build a relationship, but um, we just want to be a comforting advisor to them so that they feel comfortable with it. They don't have to understand it, but at least um, if they do have a question, they can they can feel comfortable asking it.
1: Yeah, okay, that's awesome. In your own life and own career journey, what would you say has been the best advice you've ever received?
0: Oh, uh, that was don't be a wimp. (laughs) And (laughs) and that and that just means, um, you know, like I kind of said, like in my in my late 20s when I knew I wanted to have a business, but I was still, you know, working for the man and so scared about it. And then. Eventually, some someone was like, you know, like I had talked to different people who who had gone out on their own, and they're like, you know, stop being a wimp. Until you until you stop being a wimp and you jump off the cliff, you're never gonna reach your true po- um, potential. So I would say, <laughs> easier said than done, but it's certainly yeah. not looking back was. uh was it good advice?
1: Yeah, it no, definitely was. That's awesome.
0: Uh, well, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time
1: tonight uh, to chat with me about what you're working on. It sounds amazing and definitely mu- very well needed in the creative industry. If the listeners would like to connect with you and talk to you and you know find out more what you're working on and, or talk to you about your services, where is the best place they can do go to find that?
0: Yeah, sure. So if you're on my, if you're on the internet, you're on my website. It's uh, www.thedesignercpa.com. and if you're on social media, we have uh, uh, you can find me on Instagram at thedesignercpa as well as Facebook at thedesignercpa too.
1: Oh, awesome! Thank you so much, and I will make sure all those are in the show notes. So thank you again, Peter. Have a wonderful evening.
0: Awesome! Thanks for having me. Okay. Take care. Bye bye.